0: Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. This is Minister McMillan. We are having a beautiful day today. I hope that everywhere else is beautiful. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. We thank you, Almighty God, for this day. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for waking us up in our right minds and right spirit. We ask, Almighty God, that you lead us in this word today, Father. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you use this word in our lives, that we will use it to direct the things that we do in our lives, and that we will remember how to treat other people accordingly to your word. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the guidance of this word. And Lord, we thank you most of all for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father. This we pray in Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to start with chapter 13 of Nehemiah, first verse. On that day... They read in the book of Moses in the audience of the people, and therein was found written that the Amorites and the Moabites should not come into the congregation of God forever. Okay, uh, before I go any further, I just want to mention we are going to cover uh, Nehemiah. And then after Nehemiah, I have a few things. Uh, that we will do today. Um, I have a segment today also for those of you who are gardening lovers like myself. And um, for those of you who have children, I have a little special something for you too as well. But first, we're going to cover the Word of God because that's the most important. So let's get right into this word. Again, I'm going to read uh, verse 1. On that day, they read in the book of Moses in the audience of the people, and therein was found written that the Amorites and the Moabites should not come into the congregation of God forever, because they met not the children of Israel with bread, with water, but hired Balaam against them, and he should curse them. How built our God turned the curse into a blessing? Now it came to pass when they had heard the law that they separated from Israel all the mixed multitude. And before this Elishra the priest, having the oversight of the chamber of the house of our God was, was allied unto Tobia and he had prepared for him a great chamber where after time they laid the meat offering, the frankincense and the vessels and the tides of the corn. See, this is what I was telling you earlier. Now tides is anything. Okay. These people were using tides of the corn See, so you can tide food. You can tide anything, okay? Remember that. You can tide yourself. Time, okay? Uh, You can uh, uh, can lay a certain time aside to do a specific thing, okay? You have to let the Lord know that you're doing this. But, yes, tide can be anything. Uh, the new wine and the oil which was commanded to be given to the Levites and the singers and the porters and the offerings of the priests, but in all this time was not I at Jerusalem. For in the two and third thirteenth year of Arsaxus, king of Babylon, came I unto the king, and after certain days obtain a leave of the king. And I came to Jerusalem and understood of the evil that Elshab did for Tobiah in preparing him a chamber in the courts of the house of God. And it grieved me sore. Therefore I cast forth all the household stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber. Then I commanded and then I commanded and they cleansed the chambers, and thither brought I again the vessels of the house of God with meat offerings and the frankincense, and I preserved I perceived that the portion of the Levites had not been given them, for the Levites and the singers that did the work were, were fled every one to his field. Then contented I with the ruler and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Then brought all of Judah, the tide of corn, and the new wine, and the oil, unto the treasuries. And I made the treasuries. And I made the treasurers over the treasuries. Shimia, the priest, and Zadok, the scribe. And of the Levites, Padia, and next to him was Hanan, the son of Zacher, uh, the son of Matanah. For they were counted faithful, and their offices. And the office was to distribute unto their brethren. Now, we have mentioned these uh, people several times in the back. Uh, Zadok. So you know that these were people that he counted on. He knew he could count on. They were trustworthy. So those were the people that he put in position to oversee everything when he wasn't there. Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for the officers thereof. The reason why I say why he put these people in place, because remember, he has to go back. He can't stay. Okay? Nehemiah was only there to get things going, to uh, reestablish the... Wall and the gates. He was not there to stay. Nehemiah had to go back and serve the king. Remember, he was the king's cupbearer. <laughs> so no way was he going to stay there because the king wouldn't allow it. Okay, he might have, but chances are, no. <laughs> he was he was being gracious and allowing him to come and do what he wanted to do concerning his country. All right, let's move on to verse 15. In those days saw I in Judah some treading wine presses on the Sabbath, and bringing in sheaves and lading asses as also wine, grape, figs, and all manner of of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. They dwelted men of Tyre also therein, which brought fish, and all manner of ware and so on the Sabbath, unto the children of Judah, and in Jerusalem. Then I contented with the nobles of Judah, and said unto them, What evil thing is this that ye do, and profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers thus, and did not our God, bring all this evil upon us and upon this city, yet ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath? And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem began to be dark before the Sabbath, I commanded that the gates should be shut and charged that they should not be opened till after the Sabbath. And some of my servants set I at the gate that there should no burden be brought in on the Sabbath day. So the merchants and sellers of all kinds of wares lodged without Jerusalem once or twice. Then I testified against them and said unto them, Why lodge ye about the wall? If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you. For that time forth came they no more on the Sabbath. And I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and that they should come and keep the gates to satisfy the Sabbath day, remembering me. O oh my God, considering this also, and spare and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercies. In those days also saw I Jews that had married wives of Ashtar and Ammon, and of Moab. And their children spanked half in the speech of Ashdod, and could not speak in the Hebrew language, but according to the language of each people. And I contented with them, and cursed them, and smote certain of them, and plucked off their hair, and made them swear by God, saying, Ye shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughters unto their sons, or for yourselves. Did not Solomon King of Israel sin by these things? Yet among many nations have among many nations was there no king like him, who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women come cause to sin. Shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our God in marrying strange wives? And, on, and one of the sons of Joedah, the son of Elijah, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sanballat, the Haranite; Therefore I chased him from me. Remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. Thus cleanse I them from all strangers and appointed the wards of the priests and the Levites, everyone in his business and for the wood offerings at times appointed and for the fruit and for the first fruits remember me oh my god for good okay and that is the end of Hezekiah okay so We are going to, uh, we're going to, uh, move on now to the story of Esther. Okay. Esther is also set in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, because this is King, uh, This is the same king he's got a he's got a different name i don't know why he's listed with several different names but he is um, Ahasuerus is his name here Whereas uh prior to that his name was r r x r exus so um when I looked it up, which I did you know i t- I found out that the family has uh family members have the same names, and I was trying to figure out well which time was which and you know who was this king and that's when I found out that ourzax uh, and uh Hazaras Um, are the same king who Esther married, okay? So, we're going to move into this story right now. First chapter of Esther. Now, it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus, this is Ahasuerus, which reigned from India even unto Ethiopia. So, he had quite a huge territory. Over a hundred and seventy and twenty provinces. That in those days, when the king Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Susa, or Susan, the palace, in the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all his princes and his servants the power of Persia and the median and media and media sorry the nobles and princes of the province being before him when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty Many days, even a hundred and fourscore days. And when these days were expired, the king made a feast unto all the people that were present in Susan, the palace, both unto great and small. Seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace, where were white, green, and blue hanging fastened with cords of fine linen and purple to silver rings and pillars of marble. The beds were of gold and silver upon a pavement of red and blue and white and black marble, and they gave them drink in vessels of gold, the vessels being devised one from another And royal wine in abundance according to the state of the king, and the drinking was according to the law, none did compel, for so the king had appointed to all the officers of his house that they should do according to every man's pleasure. Also Vashti the queen made a feast for the women in the royal house which belonged to the king. A hashrus, a Okay. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Muhammad, Bista, and Harbuna, Bixa, and Ab. Uh, and Abitha, Ziphar and Carcass the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahashyuh Ira Ahashyra I am trying to get his name down so he has a which just has the dash and then uh H A S and the A is, is uh short A. So it's not A, it's A. So it's ah uh, uh, A Ha U Long U Long E. U E Rus. 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 So that's how they have it broken down. Okay. Uh so you hear me pronouncing his name, I'm trying to get his name right, because we know him uh, in the movie, he has a name, and I just read another name, Arsaxurus, uh, which is close to the movie name, and now here in the Bible, he has another name, okay, so I'm trying to make sure that I have this name properly. Okay, let's move to verse 11. To bring Vashti, the queen, before the king with the uh, crown royal to show the people and the princes her beauty, for she was fair to look on. But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandments by his chamberlains before was the king very wroth and his anger burned in him. Then the king said to the wise men, which knew the times, for so was the king's manner towards all that knew law and judgment. And the, ne- and the next unto him was Koshina, Sitha, Sithra, and Atma, and Tarshish, and Mizra, Mirash, Marzina, and. Muse, uh, Mimuskin, the seven princes of Persia, and, and Midi, Midia, which saw the king's face, uh, and which sat the first in the king, in the kingdom, so around him are these princes, and they're looking at him, and they see that he's not happy with what transpired. And Mimukan, Mimukan, are uh, answered before the king and the prince. and the prince, Vashti, the queen, hath not done wrong to the king only, but also to all the princes and to all the people that are in our province of the king, Ahashira for this deed of the queen shall come abroad unto all women so that they shall despise their husbands in their eyes when I shall be when it shall be reported the king ahashura commanded vashti the queen to be brought in before him but she came not Likewise shall the ladies of Persia and Media say this day unto all the king's princes which have heard of the deed of the queen. Thus shall they arise to much contempt and wrath. If it please the king, let there go a royal commandment from him and let it be written among the laws of Persia and Medes, that it be not altered, that Vashti come no more before King Ahasuerus, and let the king give her royal estate unto another that is is better than she. And when the king decree which he shall make shall be punished, shall be published thereout, all his empire. For it is great. All the wives shall give to their husband honor, both to great and small. (laughs) Okay, now let's halt here for a second. So Vashti didn't want to come before the king and show off her beauty. Um, There's a a big mmm here, because today... You know, we have men that, (laughs) we have men out here that choose women for their beauty, not for their brains, not for their skills, not for, you know, what's in them, but for their beauty. And they walk around with these women because they make them look good. And this kind of brings to mind this situation here. Like, was this, was this what he was trying to do was she was a show-off piece. And she didn't want to be shown off that way because uh, she felt like she was worth more than that, okay? Um, Now, this is from a woman's point of view, okay? Uh, From the male's point of view and from the point of view of this story, um, because she's his wife... um, this is part of her duty. This is what they're saying, okay? And she didn't do her duty as a wife, and so she was being disobedient. And she could have probably handled it a little bit different. Um, You know, there's ways of going around that. She could have probably said, I'm not really feeling well. Um Uh, even though, you know, I have a thing for the ladies. I'm really just trying to get through this for the night, you know, just to um, honor our guests, but I'm really not feeling well coming before the the men because I don't even look my best at this time. I'm not feeling that great. There was other things she could have done, but (coughs) I think it's the way... That she handled the situation uh, <clears throat> is why why things transpired the way they did. Um, because at that time, you know, a woman had to um, she had to use her wits because um, things could be misconstrued very easily because you had other men that sat in the court that. Uh, gave advice to the king that he valued. And they weren't always the best advice and they weren't always looking out for the king. They were looking out for themselves. Okay? So let's move on to uh, 20. Let's see what happens. Um, and when the king decreed which he shall make, shall be shall be published throughout all his empire, for it is great. All the wives shall give to their husbands honor, both to great and small. And the saying pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Mimican. For he sent letters unto all the king's provinces, into every province according to the writings thereof and to every people after their language that every man should bear rule in his own house and that if and that it should be punished excuse me it should be published according to the language of every people so again as as i said um this could have been handled a little bit differently and she would have been okay But the way that she handled it, it seemed as though, um, to them, to the men, that she was trying to overtake the king, uh, and not to, as they said in that time, stay in the place of a woman. Because remember, a woman didn't have, uh, rights like women have today, um, they basically uh, were listen to their husband and do what the husband said, and etc. However, there were ways of doing that and still um, still keep your position and not, and not uh, upset the apple cart, so to speak. OK? <laughs> Let's move on to chapter two. After these things, when the wrath of the king Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be a fair young virgin sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Susan Susa, the place to the house of the women, unto the custody of unto the custody of Higi, the king's chamberlain, keeping of the women, and let their things for purification be given them. Okay, so Don't want to get too involved in the purification, unless they say it, but purification was a long, long process. A lot of you drinking certain things, cleaning out your system, pressing on you, rubbing on you. Uh, It's just a whole process of stuff, okay? And it took quite a while. Okay, let's move on to four. And let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. And the thing pleased the king, and he did so. Now, I'll pause here for a second. So you see, already the king has got no Vashti, and he's moving on to another woman. And that's, you know, in itself, that's a hurtful thing because, you know, you're married to this man, uh, the king whether he's king or not, you're still married to him. And it's like, uh, you know, you, one wrong thing and you shoved out the door. Well, we don't know if it was one wrong thing. It might have been more than one wrong thing, but from what we can see, okay? <laughs> so so let's, let's move on and see what transpires. Now, in Susan, the palace there was a certain Hebrew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamin, which is the Benjamin tribe, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jeconiah king of Judah whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had carried away and he brought up Hadassah let's make sure this is right Hadassah Hadassah okay there is that is Esther his uncle's daughter for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So he came, So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Susan, the palace to the custody of Haggai, that Hage, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Hage, keeping of keeper of the women. and the maiden pleased him and she obtained kindness of him. And he speedily gave her her things for purification with such things as belonging to her and seven maidens, which were met to be given her out of the king's house. Now, let's go over that again. Nine. Okay. Maiden, she pleased the uh, keeper of the women, Hagen. Right. And she obtained kindness of him. And he speedily, and quickly, gave her things for purification. Say, so you had to earn that pure. You had to earn that right to be purified. You, you. He had, he had to see Hagi, the keeper of the women, had to see that you were worth being going through the purification process first. I'm sure there was a lot of young women that were collected. They were turned down and sent back out. Um with such things as belonging to her. So all her things was kept for purification. And seven maidens, so she had seven maidens by her, which were met to give her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maidens unto the best places of the house of the women. So he liked her so much she got extra privileges to go other places that other women did not go that were also up for purification. Um, Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Now when every maiden's turn was come to go into the king Ahasuerus, after that she had been twelve months according to the manner of women, for so were the days of their purification accomplished to wicks six months with oil and mure and six months with sweet order with other things for the purification of women so you see what i was saying about the length of time how long it takes for purification let's go over that again so after that okay now when um, Uh, Verse 12, now when every maiden's turn was come to go into the king, Ahasuerus, after that she had been 12 months according to the manner of the women. So 12 months she goes through this process, right? That's a whole year, a whole year purification. Six months of the purification is all in myrrh. They' pressing and rubbing and you know into your body and you're drinking, okay, and six months of sweet odor with other things for purification of the woman okay so the 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 myrrh okay, so myrrh is the cleaner out yeah. <laughs> And the oils, it rubs on the body, along with the sweet orders, all this stuff. Then, thus came every maid unto the king, whatsoever she desired, was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. In the evening she went, and on the morning she returned into the second house of the women, to the custody of Sha, the king's chamberlain which kept the concubines she came in unto the king no more except the king delight in her and that she were called by name so they didn't leave they became concubines so whenever the king wanted to have a fling uh he would go and get him one of the concubines. Okay? Alright, let's move on. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihal, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her from his daughter, for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but what Haggai the king's chamberlain the keeper of the women appointed and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked unto upon her so Esther was taken unto king Ahasuerus unto his house royal in tenth month which is the month of Tibet in the seventh year of his reign And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the province and gave gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai sat in the king's gate. Esther had not yet showed her kindred nor her people, as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther did the commandment. For Esther did the commandment of Mordecai, like as when she was brought up with him in those days while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, big then and and uh, and Tresh of uh, those which kept the door were wroth and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out, Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king, okay? All right, we're going to stop here because we need to take a few minutes uh, to hear from our sponsors, so we'll be back with you in a few minutes. Hello, everyone. This is Minister McMahon. Um, would you like your own show or program? Perhaps you'd like uh, to give an opinion on something or share to explain something to someone. Well, you can do all these things, but you need a channel, right? Well, why not try Anchor Podcasting? Now, Anchor has unlimited hosting, Uh, They have automatic distribution. They have performance tools. They even have major listening apps. Okay? And audio and recording, right? Well, these are great tools to have when you're trying to get a program or a show or you just want something to discuss with your audience, right? So give Anchor Podcast a try and see. If you don't agree, Anchor Podcasting. everyone. We are back. Thank you for being patient and waiting for us to return. Now let's get right into chapter three. Okay. This is chapter three, Esther. First verse. After these things, did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadaitha the Agite and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him and all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and revered him for the king had so commanded concerning him but Mordecai bowed not nor did he nor did he reverence him. Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgress thou the king's commandment? Now it came to pass, when they spanked daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand, for he had told them that he was a Hebrew, and when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did he reverence him, then was Haman full of wrath, and he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai, wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Hebrews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. In the first month, that is the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast pure, pure, that is the lot, before Haman, from day to day and from month to month, from month to month until the twelfth month, that is, the month of Adar. And Haman said unto king Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and despised among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws thereof. It is not for the king's benefit to suffer them. If it pleases the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed, and I will pay ten thousand talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it unto the king's treasures. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman, the son of Hamadiapha, an agronite, the, the Hebrew enemy, the Hebrew's enemy. And the king said unto Haman, the silver is given to thee, the people also to do with them as it seeth good to thee. Then were the king's scribes called on the thirteenth day of the month. And there was written, according to all that Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants and to the governors that were over every province and to the rulers of every people of every province according to the writings thereof and to every people after the language in the name of King Ahasuerus was it written and sealed with the king's ring. And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy and kill and to cause to perish, all Hebrews, both young, old, little children and women, in one day, even upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adah, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. The copy of the writings for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people that they should be ready against that day. The posts went out being hastened by the king's commandment and the decree was given in Susha the palace and the king and Haman sat down to drink. But the city Susa was perplexed. When chapter four, when Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. Just just came even before the king's gate for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth and in every province. Now let's read that again. Mordecai went out to the courts and sat down in sackcloth. Now two it says, and came even before the king's gate for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. <clears throat> so he was really upset. He was in the king's gate. Okay? And in every province with whethersoever the king commanded and his decree came, there was great moaning among the Hebrews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many laid in sackcloth and ashes. So... Esther's maids and her chambermaids came and told it her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved, and she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take away his sackcloth from him, but he received it not. Then called Esther for Hatacha, one of the king's chamberlains whom he had appointed to attend upon her, and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. And Hattach, and Hatach, went forth to Mordecai unto the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him, and of the sum of the money, that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Hebrews to destroy them. Also, he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given by Susan to destroy them and to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make request before him for her people. And Hatach came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And again Esther spanked unto Hatach and gave him commandments unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called. There is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. And they told to Mordecai (coughs) Esther's words, Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Hebrews. For if thou all together holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Hebrews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return to Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Hebrews that are present in Shushan. And fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days nights or days I also and my maidens will fast likewise and so will I go into the king which is not according to the law and if I perish I perish so Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him so she doesn't have a choice here if She doesn't say something, she will die right along with everybody else because the king is not, you've seen how he reacts when he's with the other princes, see? Uh, That's why Vashi's not there. So imagine him finding out after he's written this decree that his own wife is a Hebrew. Well, he's going to want to save face, as the Japanese say, he's going to want to save his face. And so he's going to put her away, okay? Even though he loves her. So she has to address the situation and she has to address it in such a way that she wins his heart. So let's see what happens. Chapter 5. Now it came to pass on the third day It came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal appeal and stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's house, and the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house, over against the gate of the house. And it was so, when the king saw Esther, the queen standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seems good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther hath said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my quest is, If I have found favor in thy sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition, and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king hath said. Then went Haman forth that day joyful, and with a glad heart, but when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him. He was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself, and when he came home, he sent and called for his friends, and Zeresh, his wife, Zeresh, Zeresh, his wife, and Haman told them of the glory of his riches, and the multitude of his children, and all the things wherein the king had promoted him, and how he had advanced him above the princes and the servants of the king. Haman said, Moreover, Yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared, but myself. Hmm. But myself, and tomorrow, am I invited unto her also with the king. Yet all this availeth me nothing, as long as I see Mordecai, the Hebrew, sitting at the king's gate. Then said Zeresh his wife, and all his friends unto him, let a gallow be made of fifty cubics high, and tomorrow speak thou unto the king, that Mordecai may be hung thereon. Then go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the things and the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. Chapter six He's now see he is just Rocking in his glory. He's just enjoying this. He, you know, he thinks he has done well. There is no well in harming someone else. That's the first thing. Uh, he was very crafty in utilizing his hatred towards the Hebrews um, to get the king to write A decree against them to kill them. For what? Because you don't like them? That reminds you of some things happening today, doesn't it? There are people here who don't like other people who want to kill them, who want to uh, get rid of them altogether because... They don't feel like they're worth anything. They don't do nothing. They don't like the way they look. They don't like their skin color. They don't like their religion. They don't like who their family is, etc., etc. Okay, and so this is the same thing. It's these people are Hamans. Okay, so you have to watch out for the Hamans because they're out there. And they have not learned that that is not the right way to go. That everybody is different and not everybody can be the same. And everybody doesn't have the same. Everybody is trying to get what they can get for themselves to live a better life. All right? Okay, so let's move on to Chapter 6. On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told, told of Bithenar and Tirush, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hands on the king Ahasuerus, And the king said, What honor and dignity have been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servant that ministered unto him, There is nothing done for him. And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman was coming to the outer court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? And Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delighteth to honor, let the royal appeal be brought, which the king useth to wear, and the horse that the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let this appeal and horse be delivered to the hand of the one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man withal. Whom the king delighteth to honor, and bring him on horseback through the, through the streets of the city, and proclaim before him, thus saith it be done to the king whom to the man whom the king delighteth to honor. then the king said to Haman, make haste and take the the apparel and the horse as thou hast said. And do even so to Mordecai, the Hebrew, that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that that thou hast spoken. Then took Haman the apparel and the horse. (laughs) That's hilarious, isn't it? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) See what happens? When you try to do things to people, it turns back. For the good of them, and where are you at now? You in the now you in worse than you were at the beginning. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> Verse eleven. Then took Haman the apparel, and the horse, and the array of Mordecai, and brought him on horseback through the streets of the city, and proclaimed before him, "Thus shall be." Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor. And Mordecai came again to the king's gate. But Haman hastened to his house mourning and having his head covered. And Haman told uh, Zerush, his wife, and all his friends everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men, and Zerosh, his wife, unto him. If Mordecai be of the seed of the Hebrews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains, and hastened to bring Haman unto the banquet that Esther had prepared. So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther the queen, and the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thou petition, Queen Esther, and it shall be granted thee? And what is thy request, and it shall be performed even to half the kingdom? Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me at my petition, and my people at my request. For we are sold. I am my people to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondsmen and bondswomen, I'd have held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then, the, then King Aseroth answered and said unto Esther the queen, who is he and where is he that, that, du- that Durus presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king arrived from the banquet of wine, in his wrath went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen. For he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then... The king returned out of the palace garden into the palace of the banquet of wine, and Haman was fallen upon the bed whereof Esther was. Then said the king, Will ye force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face, and Habanah one of the chamberlains said before the king, Behold also the gallows fifty cubic high, which Haman hath made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hung Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was King's wrath pacified. Mm, mm, mm. So you see, bad turns out to be bad for you. When you set up to hurt somebody else, know that it's going to come back and bite you like it did with Haman. Okay, let's move on with uh, chapter eight. Okay, there's not much more to the story of Esther. So let's move on. We have chapter eight. On that day did the king Ahasuerus give the house of Haman, the Hebrew's enemy, unto Esther the queen. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was unto her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. And Esther spanked yet again before the king and fell down at his feet and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman, the Haggah, and his devices that he had devised against the Hebrews. Then the king held out the golden scepter towards Esther. So Esther rose and stood before the king and said, If it pleases the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, And the thing seem right before the king, and I be pleased in his eyes that it be written to revise the letter devised by Haman, the son of Hamadeus, the Agite, which he wrote to destroy the Hebrews, which are in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that shall come unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Then the king Ahasuerus said unto Esther the queen, and to Mordecai the Hebrew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hand upon the Hebrews. Write ye also for the Hebrews, as is likened you in the king's name, and seal it, with the king's ring, for the writings which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man revise. Then were the king's scribes called at that time, in the third month, that is the month of Sivan, on the third and twentieth day thereof. And it was written according to all that Malachi commanded unto the Jews and to the lieutenants and the deputies and rulers of the provinces which are from India unto Ethiopia a hundred and twenty and seven provinces unto every province according to the writings thereof and unto every people after this language and to the Jews according to their writings and according to their languages and he wrote in the king of name and sealed it with the king's ring and sent letters by post on horseback and riders on mules and camels and young dromanaries. Whenever the king granted the Hebrews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish, all the power of the people and the provinces that would assault them, both little ones and women and to take the spoil of them for a prey. upon one day in all the province of King Asasuerus, namely upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, The copy of the writing for the commandment to be given in every province was published unto all the people and that the Jews should be readily against that day to avenge themselves on their enemies, so the posts that rode upon the mules and the camels went out, beginning hasting and pressing on by the king's commandments and the decrees was given at Sh- at Shushan the palace, and Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in the royal appeal of the blue and white and with a great crown of gold, and with a garment of fine linen and purple, and the city of Sushan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews, the Hebrews, excuse me, the Hebrews had light and gladness and joy and honor, and in every province, in every city, wheresoever the king commanded and his decree came, the Hebrews had joy and gladness, a feast, and a good day, and many of the people of the land became Hebrews, for the fear of the Hebrews fell upon them. Now, now in the 20th month, chapter 9, verse 1, now in the 20th month, that is the month of Adar. On the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution, in the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary, that the Hebrews had rule over them that hated them, The Hebrews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of the king of Ashtoreth to lay hand on such as sought their hurt. And no man could withstand them, for the fear of them fell upon all the people. And all the rulers of the provinces and the lieutenants and the deputies, the officers of the kings, Help the Hebrews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. For Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame went out throughout all the provinces. For this man Mordecai waxed greater and greater. Thus the Hebrews smote all their enemies with the stroke of the sword, and slaughtered and destruction, and did what they would unto those that hated them. And in Shusha, the place the Hebrews slain and destroyed 500 men. And Parshadava, and Dalfar and Ashpatha, and Poratha, and Adalia, and Adratha, and Paramashta and Ari- Arisia, and Aridia and other, the ten sons of Haman, the sons of Hamadeathah, the enemy of the Hebrews, slew they, but on the spoil laid they not their hand. On that day, the number of those that were slain in susan The palace was brought before the king, and the king said unto Esther the queen, The Hebrews have slain and destroyed five hundred men in Susa, the palace, and the ten sons of Haman. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee, or what is thy request further? And it shall be done. Then said Esther, if it pleases the king, let it be granted to the Hebrews, which are in Susa, to do tomorrow also according unto this day decree, and let Haman's ten sons be hung upon the gallows. And the king commanded it so to be done. And the decree was given as Susan, and they hung Haman's ten sons, for the Hebrews that were in Sushan gathered themselves together on the 14th day also of the month of Adar, and slew 300 men at Susan. But on the prey, they laid not their hands. You know why they didn't lay their hands on the prey? Because they didn't want the curse. You see, when someone like that does not like you and they hate you, there's a curse with their stuff. You don't want their stuff, you don't want their curse so you don't touch the prey, you don't touch their things, their jewelry, their furniture no, leave that stuff alone but the other Jews that were in the king's power, the other Hebrews excuse me, that were in the king's uh, provinces, gathered themselves together and stood for their lives and had rest from their enemies and slew of their foes seventy and five thousand But they laid not their hands on the prey. On the thirteenth day of the month of Adah, and on the fourteenth day of the same rested day, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. But the Hebrews that were at Sushan assembled themselves on the thirteenth day thereof, and in the fourteenth thereof, and in the fifteenth day the same, they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore, the Hebrews of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled towns made the fourteenth day of the month Adar a day of gladness and feasting, and a good day and ascending portion one to another. And Mordecai wrote these things and said, Sent letters unto all the Hebrews that were in all the promises of the king of As of as, as ha, uh, both nigh and both nigh and far to establish this among establish this among thee they should keep the fourteenth day of the month of Adar and the fifteenth day. The same yearly, as the days wherein the Hebrews rest from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them for sorrow to joy, and for mourning unto the good day, that they should make them day of feasting and joy, and of sending portion one to another, and gifts to the poor. And the Hebrews undertook to do as they had begun and as Mordecai had written unto them. Because Haman, the son of Hamadah and Agonite, the enemy of all the Jews, had devised against the, had devised against the Hebrews to destroy them and had cast pure, that is, the lot, to consume them and to destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he devised against the Hebrews, should return upon his own head, and that he and his sons should be hung on the gallows. Wherefore they call these days Purim, after the name of Pur. therefore, all the words of this letter and of that which they had seen concerning this matter, and which had come unto them, the Jews ordained and took upon them, and ordered their seed, and upon all such as join. Um. Um. I lost my place. Let's reread twenty-seven. The Hebrews ordained and took upon them, and upon their seed, and upon all such as joined themselves unto them, so as it should not fail that they, uh, not fail, so that they would keep these two days according to their writings and according to their appointed time every year. And that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation. Every family, every province, and every city. And that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Hebrews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. Okay, people. So, here's another holiday. Purim. Now, this isn't the high holy days, but this is before Passover. And yes, it should really be a time of remembrance because we still have Hamans today. And we need to reflect upon that and celebrate the Hamans that we have gotten rid of, okay, through our God. Then Esther, the queen... Then as to the queen, the daughter of Ahabiha, Ahab, 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 Ahab. and Mordecai the Hebrew, wrote with all authority to confirm the second letter of Puria. And he sent the letter unto all the, all the Hebrews to a hundred and twelve and seven provinces of the king, kingdom of Azaharas with words of peace and truth to confirm these days of Purim in their times appointed according to Mordecai the Hebrew and Esther the queen have enjoyed them and as they had decreed for themselves and for their seed the matter of the fasting and their cry and the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim and it was written in the book Chapter 10 And the king Ahasuerus laid a tribute upon the land and upon the isles of the sea, and all the acts of his power and of his might, and the de- and the declaration of the greatness of Mordecai, whereunto the king advised him, Are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel? Media, and Persia. And Mordecai, the Hebrew, was next unto king Ahasuerus, and great among the Hebrews, and and accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seed. And that is the end of the book of Esther. Okay. We are going to pause now for another word from our sponsor. And then we're going to come back. And, ladies, I have a special treat for you. Okay, everyone, we're back. All right, so... For you ladies who are into gardening like I am, I have a special for you now many of you we have talked about uh, we have talked about doing a garden and today I have a little something special for those of you who are into the gardening. So, I find that one of the easiest things to do in gardening, and it's so beautiful, okay? Now, it's not very expensive. You can go out with your kids and have a lot of fun and collect rocks, or you can spend the money and go to the store and get rocks. That's I mean, it's up to you which way you want to do it. Uh, The same thing with the sand. If you're near a place where you can get sand, you can go get the sand yourself. If not, you can purchase the sand at, uh, you know, any of the hardware stores. Okay? All right. So, you want to pick your spot in your garden. Now, uh, some people use uh, spots where there's a lot of water collecting, which is a great idea because it kind of helps... In that area to keep it dry, and so a lot of people will put rock gardens there because it'll drain off. Um, another ideal spot, if you don't have that, you know, is just a plain spot where the sun is. You really want the sun. That's the main idea of a rock garden. You want sun. You want a little shade, but you can create that shade. But you want lots of sun. Okay, so. Um, you want to mix your soil Uh, your soil mixture should be like a half a loon to a fourth of leaves and grasslings uh, uh, grass you know leaves and grass mixed together Um, and one uh, fourth of of sand you want to get not too soft for sand, you know, kind of coarse sand if you can. And then you're going to thoroughly mix that together in the spot that you're going to make your rock garden. Now, choosing your plants, uh, you want them to go according to your soil mixture, okay? Usually perennials are great, okay, for that kind of thing. You want to pick the shape of your rock garden like a circle or a square or a circle with a square in it or a circle with a triangle in it or maybe you just want a triangle or a rectangle but you lay all this out on a piece of paper how you want your garden to be and where you're going to put your rocks and your bushes and your plants and then you transfer to your garden okay but make sure the place that you transfer to there's lots of sunlight and there's lots of air circulating in that area now uh some of the plants uh some of the plants that you get uh you put it in the uh, damp soil. you have to make sure that that soil that area is prepared for that so. And saying that, you're going to take off about six inches of that wet soil that's in that area that's not draining properly. That's if you use that, okay? This is for those people who are using areas that aren't draining off well in their households, and and they decided, you know, a rock garden would be good there because it'll get drainage and it won't be so damp there. So you're going to take off about two inches of the soil, uh, off of that area and put it to a side because you can use that soil later on. And you're going to put either pebbles or sand in that area or both. Some people put down sand and then uh, small pebbles mixed in and then they lay the rocks on top of that. But please make sure your rocks are embedded so there's, they're not slipping, sliding and nobody will get hurt on them. Okay, Remember, you want beauty, not injury. Okay. Um, now, your back fol- foliage, where you're going to get your shade from, uh, is usually tall bushes and plants. Um, redunges are good. Uh, calaniums, uh, caroliniums are also good. Calmias, uh, Calmia latinae. La let me see if I'm pronouncing this line la tifola uh those are good, okay they bring in a lot of needed shade and they also kind of uh pep up the colors of the other plants that's around them um these plants like a lot of peat okay um so you can put plants like uh evergreens and pines and spruces in there for your backdrops, okay? Um, For your, you know, the plants that's going to put a little shade. Uh, Make sure your plants are are according with the height. So, if you want some high, low, medium, you know, pending, remember your template that you made up first. So, when you draw your a picture of your rock garden. Also, draw how which plants you want to put in those spots. Where they're going to be tall here and short there. You have tall, medium, and short, or you're going to have tall, then short, then medium. You know, you figure out how you want to place them. It's really a fun project, and it's beautiful when you get finished with it. Okay. Um, another plant uh, to use is the is the fox okay they come in white pink uh blue and a deep rose and a mauve uh very pretty flower uh genus Acellum comes in yellow it comes in orange and it comes in like a lemony color and there's the Iberis. The iveris is white and purple. And I'm not sure. I have to look it up. But I think there are some new variations of that now. Um, But I'm going to look it up and see. Okay. Look uh, for plants that do well in the heat and require less water. Okay. Um, When you're making your rock garden. Um, and, And that's it. You know, have fun. You're going to enjoy it. It's not a lot of work, uh, if, especially if you put plants in that don't require a lot of watering. Um, you can even put your own uh, water filter in there. Uh, before you lay down the larger stones, you can put in uh, little hoses with um, uh, with uh, uh, holes in the holes. Like, you'll take the holes and you... Uh, What's the word I'm for? You're going to take the hose and you're going to put holes in the holes here and there. And then it will be easier to water it because all you have to do is bring over your other hose, attach it, turn on the faucet just a little and it'll drip like an irrigation system. And then when you're done, you just unscrew the holes, you know, and that's it. Or you can even uh, use a, a dripping system. Um, I'll go over those another day. But, you know, just to give you an idea of the things that you can do with a rock garden to make it very easy. Okay? So, that's, that's it for the rock garden. Now, ladies, for you women who have young children, here's a great idea for the little ones not the big ones but the little ones keep them occupied okay um when you have time with your little ones you can take old now that we used to do this when I was a kid take old magazines and cut out things that began with the letter a b c d all the way up the alphabet now you can do this with different things you can do uh transportation you can do uh, items uh animals of the zoo uh you can do clothing items what whatever whatever floats your boat okay and then um you put them in a the box kind of like a gang and you have the child um pull out you you have the child pull out um one of these pieces and they have to tell you what else begins with that letter or what else uh do you know of begins uh with the item that they see before them. what else can like if it's clothing what other kind of clothing is there um oh if it's a dress what well what goes with that dress see Um, oh, it's it's a door. Well, what do we do with the door? And have them describe what they do with the door. Great, interesting conversation pieces and a great game that little ones will like. They can have time with Mommy, and still, they love to cut, they love to paste, and they like to to answer questions. (laughs) So this is a great game for them. Um, and doesn't take a lot of time. So that's it for the day. That's our program for the day, everyone. I hope that was in it very enjoying. The story of Esther uh, is one that we should always keep in mind. It's very important because there are Malachi's all over the world. We need to keep our eyes uh, not Malachi, excuse me. They're Hamans. <laughs> you yeah, there are there are there are there there are Malachi's too. Yes, but there are Hamans all over the world who really um, their understanding is is not like everybody else's. They uh, feel like that they're justified in their thoughts. And what they're doing, they think it's right, and it's far, 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 far to the left. And you know, everybody is entitled to their opinion. But at the same time, not when not when it infringes on someone's personal being. Okay? And so Hamans tend to infringe on other people's being and their rights. So Let's keep in mind the Hamans of today. Okay? All right, everyone. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for edifying us in this word and helping us to understand and utilizing these things in our lives and seeing them, Lord. Father, let us see the Hamans of this world and not be taken in by them and not be used by them. Lord, we thank you, almighty God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word. We thank you for looking out for us, for being gracious and loving and understanding. We thank you, almighty God, for your love, for your mercy, and being so gracious upon us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Okay. Everyone, this is our program for today. This is Minister MacMillan. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you tuning in. Please feel free to tune in tomorrow. We will be heading up a new chapter tomorrow. We'll be going. (coughs) Excuse me. We'll be going (coughs) into a new book. As you've noticed, we came out of the book of Esther. We are now done with that, and we are going to move on. In, <clears throat> excuse me, into the book of uh, Job, which is a book. <laughs> oh, I have so much to say in Job. Okay, so <laughs> we will get right into Job tomorrow. Um, those of you who would like to come on our program Uh, you can reach me at anchor.fm l-i-n-d-a dash m-c-m-i-l-l-i-a-n nine for those of you who would like to contact me through email my email is M C M I L L I O N S 75gmail.com. And for those of you who would like to sponsor us or who would like to donate, thank you. We're thanking you in advance. Uh, we appreciate your donations and your sponsors. And We ask that you continue to donate and sponsor us. Thank you so much. Um, For those of you who uh, would like to comment or anything, please drop me an email. We'd like to know how well we're doing. If there's any topic you would like us to touch on. As you can see, we are steadily expanding each day. We have something new planned for each day. Um... Not only just the word of God, which is very important, most important. But also to help the young ladies and men out there to make their lives a little bit easier. Um, Some new things that we've come across. And, of course, some old things, you know. So, please, contact us. Let us know how we're doing. And if you have any advice or anything you would like to say or add in our program please drop me a line at anchor.fm, L-I-N-D-A, Linda, dash, M-C-M-I-L-L-I-A-N, Macmillan 9. And I will definitely get back to you. And if not, then hit me up on my email, which is Macmillan75 at gmail.com. Okay? All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. God bless and good night.